Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. We got a lot of great stuff for you on the show today. We have electoral count bill passing the house. Maybe somebody got there first. Who is it? That's a tease. We also have protests in Iran. A Frank Lloyd Wright house for how much? You'll find out. And Vic's recipe for NyQuil chicken. But before we get there, let's say hi to Vic. I'm your host, Mary Catherine Ham on Getting Hammered. Vic Mattis is my buddy. He's at the Free Beacon and the Sub Beacon podcast. How are you doing today, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. I'm doing fine. I had some audio thoughts before we start the show. Mm. Audio thoughts. A while back, people were talking about podcasting and how to get involved in podcasting and, and, and some advice on it, right? And there was a running joke about that, you know, there's actually still a small percentage of people who don't have their own podcasts yet, you know, which is... <laughs> it's a, a, a small sliver it, of the it population. Is. But Eric Erickson had said that one of the most important things is audio quality, and we do a great job here with Jennifer here in studio. And even when we're not, we do our best with what we have. And I happened to catch a movie the other day that I had seen before, but I forgot this particular scene, which was the opening of the King's speech. Mm. And right before the King is at Wembley Stadium and he stutters and it's a whole sort of, you know, breakdown. And, and that's what we're going to, you know, see for the rest of the movie and his rehabilitation, if you were to, to help him with his stutter. There is an announcer. It's a great little scene, an announcer from the BBC. And before he makes the announcement, this is the BBC and now... You know, the Duke of York will give his speech. It's a whole thing about his prepping to talk right. in the radio. And so very much like this. I mean, the setup is still even 80 years later, whatever it, it is, it it's still the same. It looks similar, yeah, yes. It looks similar. And, but he does a thing, and you can't, since we don't have video yet, he does a thing where he puts his hands together and sort of gives it about six or so inches away or just to give himself a distance. Right. I can't even explain what that, it's the hang 10 yeah, yeah, yeah. Symbol. Hang put, 10 times two. Yeah, times two. And then a fella comes in with a tray and he gives him a, a gargle. He gives him like whatever, and a savage to just gargle. And then after that, a sip of water and then a spray. Wow. A spray for the mouth. I need more of this kind of service I in know. my life. And then he gives it away. He gives it back. And then he just says, this is the BBC without anything. So I... I listened to a podcast. I'm probably not going to name it because I don't want to embarrass the person. But it's a great podcast. I listen to it all the time. You know what it is because I usually no, – I'm not talking about the sub-beacon. But, you know, like – so anyway. It's the other one I'm on. They had some technical issues. They had some technical issues. And so a woman who does tech did a testing thing where she just said, oh, she, she handles the tech side. And, you know, if you can hear this, we're, you know, we're switching platforms, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's somebody who – it, I find it adorable but hilarious because while she was talking, it's somebody who probably isn't doesn't do this a lot. Right. Not that we're, not that I'm anything special, but in between like sentences, she would go, "Oh, <laughs> and was, can't I do can't, it," and I can't do it now because I trained myself not to do it. Because but it was this noise, and you can hear it every time. And I start, I caught it the first time. I said, "Oh, that was weird," and then the second time, and then I'm just laughing. And it's only a minute long test, but it was so, it was fun. This is my quibble with NPR is that the audio quality is extremely high. Oh, yeah. Maybe too high yeah. at NPR. You're in that room. And it, it occurs to me who at some point decided that the sound of sort of coastal elite liberal sensibilities was audible saliva. Because, oh, you hear that too? Do you? Oh, like, oh. Like it's yeah. like you – It's a, now I'm going to get self-conscious. I know you can't do it because you, – because you, But it's – it's ah. so, I feel like I'm so yeah. close to you right now. Yeah. 
<laughs> that is. We had a... And I don't need to be that close to you. Our, many, many years ago, we had a pastor, Monsignor Kazimir Lazinski, and when he was giving a homily or a talk, he would have that noise in between, and everyone could hear it. And my sister was the first one to point it out. And once she pointed out, that's all you're listening to is that noise. Mike Murphy, you know Mike Murphy. Yes. The great Mike Murphy had his advice when we started the substandard was when he did radio a long time ago, he said all these radio places had bowls of apples. Huh. And apparently you're supposed to like have an apple. I've never heard that the whole one. thing, but have an apple and that clears everything. I have never heard that before. Yeah. I also went to a Catholic wedding one time and there was a mass and I don't know the procedures, but just fill in the... <laughs> The procedures, yes. Fill in the proper sure. understanding yes. of this for me. But there was a moment at which the priest finishes the the, wand, the, the blood Eucharist, of Christ. The blood yes. of Christ, because you, you're not leaving yes. it around. Yes. It's not yes. a leftover. Yes. And he's finishing it, but he was on mic. And you heard and the he gurgling? Was, and he was, with love for my Irish friends, he was an Irish priest. And so the, the brogue was very strong. And so you're hearing this the whole time. And, and he goes, Yes. And just drowns that, that drowns that blood of Yes, Christ. yes. It, it sort of throws you off in the middle of this sort of very sacred moment. It was, it was a, very uh, it was serious. A, it was a beautiful thing. The glugging. Yeah. At least he didn't burp. How are you? He burped off mic, as, right. as I would do. Yes. But, you know, by the way now, these priests, they, they're, they're mic'd up like you would be if you're going on TV where, you know, it's on your belt. And you yeah. could turn it off. And all if I were a priest, I'd have a Britney mic, like the one that comes yeah, in. Some of them do. I mean, it's it's now wireless. It's it's very convenient. That used to be a big thing. That was a that was a milestone for me when I was as a public speaker. When someone would give me a Britney mic, and I was like, "Look at me! I've made it! I've made it!" That's I don't, the, the one that comes yes, down like I've not, by your jawbone. They don't make it big enough for my head. <laughs> so, sir, we can't fit this on here. No. Um, How are you? What's going on? I'm good. We are we are doing as I said. We're we're expanding a bit at the house, and. One of the things that entails, because each of the individual rooms is not growing. We're just sort of trying to grow the footprint uh -huh. of the home yes. inside the home. It's tricky. And so one of the rooms will be returned from nursery space for the baby to guest room slash office space for me. So I do get an office, but it will be shared-ish mm -hmm. with this other function, which is fine. Good luck with that. I'm not a, I'm not a queen. What do I need, right? I just need a place to hang my mic and talk to Vic, you know? You'll be lucky if you get that. I'm just going to say. But here is, here's how we're hacking this. Now, you may be worried about us because I tried the Murphy desk and that didn't work out. Yes. So we just decided a bigger Murphy something would be a good idea. So there will be a Murphy bed oh. in this room. Very well, nice. how, what do you think my chances are of, of succeeding with this? That can work as long as it's not installed by you alone. Well, so it's not. We, I, I was like, let's, let's make sure we do this right. Not, my husband could totally do this, but we, we, did, we did hand this over to someone. It's very big. There are shelves on each side. It's a whole unit. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's a unit. And so I feel okay about it. We spent, we spent some money on it to make sure we were getting something decent. Made sure the reviews were good, although the reviews were also good for the Murphy desk. <laughs> I've been burned once, but we're hoping that this will work because then that will give me office space yeah. that can be converted. That is the idea here. We'll see if it works. Uh, let me ask you about this Murphy bed. Is it collapsible or, let's say, foldable, it, it sort of vertically ori oriented or horizontally sort of like uh, lengthwise? or Vertical. 
Okay, so, so like so in the old-fashioned style, then, yes, so it's narrow so, so, on a wall. Right, and it'll come all the way down into the room. And does it have then the little the little legs that come out then on the, when you pull you know it down? What? You know what? I'm not sure. <laughs> I hope I gotta... so, but I guess that's how it would. But it's work. it's quite a it's, it's quite sophisticated. It's good. It looks like a bookshelf unit. Ah, uh, yes. And there are some that look like a bookshelf unit, but it's sort of half sized up the wall that you can crinkle. The, it's like we a folded have, mattress. We have but this seen is a these. real mattress. We, it's we, a real mattress. No trash for our parents. That, no, that's okay. That's impressive for your parents because that's what they're saying. I see. Oh, <laughs> no, that's hmm. what this is for. Yeah. Oh, so, by the way, it's a single. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. So we don't want to put them on the on the the crunchy fold up mattress Dorm from your style. grandma's yeah, yeah. From your futon, grandma's futon sofa futon back style. in the day. So this will be a real mattress, okay. the full size, and it'll come down, reveal itself, and serve all the purposes that I thought the Murphy desk would serve, but did not. I have seen variations of this at various fancy stores and such and the key really is you when you go to these stores is to bring your tape measure and then also this is why i leave this to kate is she'll measure everything dimensions right. she'll get all the dimensions right because we just did something similar with a a, a book and bed a desk bed situation from right. my daughter's room and it just it did not look like it was possible and you had to build it in the room but it fit she made Just. it. She made it happen. See, yeah. I'm a I'm a measure once, cut twice kind of person. Okay, whatever. You know, you know, I, I flip it. Yeah, yeah, bring you're your... you're going to need double the materials bring, if I'm building. Bring something. your saw. Okay. <laughs> but we'll see how it works out. It does seem very. It has like a cool factor to me. It's retro. It has yeah. like a mid-century vibe. It doesn't look all that mid-century. Oh, that it would. I wish it did. But but I think it will. I think it'll work out. I'm going to be optimistic about it. Okay. There you Good. Go. Keep us posted. I will. So, a little news out of the actual Congress. Oh, yeah. Today, Vic. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. From the grocery store to the gas station, working families are getting hammered by rising prices. But instead of focusing on inflation, Congress is pushing anti innovation legislation that will impose more financial burdens on working people and seniors. Their misguided agenda could cost public pension plans $109 billion. Teachers, firefighters, and nurses would pay the heaviest price. Congress needs to focus on inflation and leave American workers alone. The House passed an overhaul of the electoral count, according to the New York Times, moving to avert. Another January 6th crisis. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, this is referred to as the first attempt to avert sort of the electoral nonsense, the yeah. electoral nonsense that people were trying to pull with electors and, and votes counted and such in various states under the sort of leadership of President Trump. But in true media style, it's not the first attempt, it would seem. Because as you remember, Vic, if you pay attention to Republicans, Mitt Romney has been pushing the Electoral Count Act for quite some time in the Senate, and Chuck Schumer has not brought it for a vote. So they just sort of they just sort of airbrush away the attempt of the who they would call the responsible Republican doing the responsible thing so that they can laud the House passing mostly on party lines this yep. <laughs> this attempt to fix the same issue. Mitt has been memory hold. So again, as you mentioned, they're trying to, you know, get the credit for this. And certainly the House has passed this, but it's not happening uh, on the Senate. And even if it does, I mean, they're going into recess, right? So I mean, then they're not going to be back until maybe it's a lame duck session. 
And then after that, the whole calculus changes depending on how Republicans do. And even if the Senate gets something done, you still have to conference it. So I'm not holding my breath for any of this. But my only thought is if they actually did pull off, you know, passing this bill and getting it signed by the president, it's going to be so awkward in 2025 when the Democrats are trying to stop the the electors from casting their ballots (laughs) for DeSantis. Uh, Second, New York Times, (laughs) a second look at faithless electors. Is this allowed? We feel like suddenly it is, just as we did in 2016. Yeah, well, don't forget uh, 2004. 2004, 2004 right? The the pressure on the electors not to certify the vote for George W. Bush because of the D-bold voting machines. Yeah, no, election denialism is is bad depending upon who does it. That's right. Right. That's right. But and, and it's funny when you, you mentioned Mitt Romney, I thought about, you know, how legislatures will even state legislatures will try to, you know, pass a law that they say is so important for democracy at that moment. And this happened in Massachusetts when they were trying to protect Ted Kennedy's seat because, you know, it was like they wanted a governor to there was a time where the governor was a Republican when right. it was Mitt Romney and there was a, a vacancy and they wanted to make sure that if the governor is a Republican, then we have an election because, you know, right. the people of need course, to decide. Of course, the people, yeah. And then when the governor is a Democrat, <laughs> they're like, you know what? And this is in Massachusetts where they're like, you know what? We, we The governor, you know, needs yeah, to. He, he it, can we, handle we can't this. leave the people to, to You this. know what? Never a more stand-up guy than Ted Kennedy to sell out yeah, all of your yeah. alleged principles. And I, think, for, I believe so. that's how we ended up with Scott Brown for a brief spell was because yes. that was a vo- that, there was an election for that. It was, you know. That was one of yeah. my favorite election nights oh, because it was man. so... So unexpected. And it we thought we thought at the time that it heralded the defeat of Obamacare. Yes, would, that's right. Would that it had. And perhaps <laughs> a renaissance for Republicans in New England. Right. It turns out he was the last one. Yeah. Didn't work out that way. But the, the was, night itself was, was fun because winning is more fun than losing. Uh, that's right. And, and I had a Sam Adams. <laughs> to celebrate. I well, did. do you remember, of course, it was the whole line about Ted Kennedy's seat. And I believe it was, was it David Gergen who asked the question during a debate? Correct me if I'm wrong. It's David Gergen or Wolf Blitz or whoever it was who said, you know, about referring to Ted Kennedy's seat. And that gave Scott Brown the opportunity to say it is not his seat. Yes. It is the seat of the people of Massachusetts. That's very nice. Now, the funny thing is. Now, unfortunately, it's Elizabeth Warren's seat. Yes, that's right. The, the, fu- the, is funny, that the same seat? That's the same maybe. The, the funny thing is. We'll, we'll correct ourselves yeah, I later. Know, Ed Markey. But the, uh, the funny thing is, when that story came out, I was at the Weekly Standard. And we, so we came up with, you know, you kind of come up with a headline and it was a race to see who can get out the headline first. What can Brown do for you? Somebody else beat us to it. I don't think we actually did it. It was too good. You know, know that, that, that weekly publishing schedule doesn't always help you with being first. No, you can't beat the post on that schedule. It's a nightmare. So many, so many of Vic's great puns died. I know. Died died on the vine vine because you're working a weekly (laughs) All right. International news. We have a little bit out of a little bit out of Iran where protests are going on. It started with a young woman, 22, being killed after violating the hijab Mm -hmm. rule Mm -hmm. in Iran. And a lot of other women have now gone online into the streets protesting her death, taking off their hijab. Some some of them cutting their hair because they're the the rule is that you have to cover your hair with the hijab. This is, of course, government imposed. I saw silly headline the other day where like some legislators in Sweden were standing up for people's standing up for the hijab and saying this is this is their right well of course it's their right but it's it's not a right it's a requirement that's the difference Uh, there's a huge difference there and so folks are standing up for themselves they are 
truly brave. I mean, this yeah. is this is the real deal when it comes to sticking up for your freedoms, sticking up for feminism. Yeah. The the consequences are grave yeah. for those who do it. And, you know, in these situations, it's always the question of what is our responsibility as America to, you know, we're not jumping in, we're not putting anybody in Iran, but we can encourage, at least rhetorically, these efforts. Mm -hmm. Barack Obama famously sort of declined to do so mm -hmm. when this happened right. before. And uh, we will see what happens uh, here this time. That's right. Well, I, and it, it depresses me that I would say, that I'll say that I'm not holding my breath because we have seen this in the past. Mm -hmm. Just a few years ago, there were riots. And and then going all the way back to 2009, if you remember, and that was the Green Revolution. And people right. thought that could be the moment, the tipping point. I was in Prague at the time, and I was doing a week-long stint with Radio Free Europe. And I got to sit in that summer at their editorial meetings. And they're massive because it's a huge organization, Radio Free Europe. And you'd be hearing from these reporters who were on the ground in, in Tehran and elsewhere Jeez. talking about what was happening. And it was grim. And sure enough, I mean, there wasn't, you know, the, the the Obama administration didn't do much more than, you know, some some lip service. Yeah. And, and whatever comes from Biden, let's just hope it's written. Yes, that's right. Step one. Yeah, that's right. So, written, not spoken word. That's right. But Nikki Haley has something to say about it. Former U.N. ambassador and South Carolina governor and, of course, probably presidential hopeful at some point. Former ambassador to the U.N. Nikki Haley said that, the, that Washington should step up its support of the growing protest movement in Iran. This is reported in the National Review, saying that the demonstrations that have unfolded over the past several days are unprecedented. Here's her quote. These protests are very different than anything we've seen before, she said, responding to National Review's question during a press conference. They're much more aggressive. They're much more upset about what the regime is doing, and they're fighting back. Haley made the comments just before she appeared at the United, United Against a Nuclear Iran annual summit in New York City. On the sidelines of the UN General Assembly, where Iranian President Ibrahim Raisi, Raisi mm -hmm. spoke this morning. The death of the 22 year old Iranian woman in the custody of Iran's morality police is what kicked this off, as I was saying. So Nikki's out there saying, be loud. I don't know how loud we're going to get. No, I mean, the best we can do is perhaps, you know, cyber support in order to, you know, whenever the regime tries to shut down social media to prevent people from organizing these protests. And, you know, we tried to do something similar in Cuba recently. And of course, that fizzled as well. This regime, I mean, it is, you know, it beats and tortures and rapes women. You know, I mean, that is that is not that is not a rumor, right? Yes, I mean, on the, they on the sort of spectrum, this is, this, is, this is not the you can't drive Saudi Arabia no. level where this is much, much beyond. They that. do terrible things. And, and you read about it from survivors or people who have escaped the regime. And it's the very regime that we're still trying to make a nuclear deal with. I mean, you know, it's it's and, and and I don't know how they can do it, but they're so vested in 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 rehashing a deal for the JCPOA. Well, because this, this is a leftover ah, of yeah. the Obama legacy, yep. and Obama was so focused on the deal itself. Yeah, we have a deal that the components that went into the deal and what actually became of yeah. the nuclear situation was secondary to making the deal. That's right. Pallets of cash. To the point of handing out pallets of cash. Pallets it's of cash going to the IRGC, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, and even John Kerry admitting, yes, I mean, some of it might go back to elements of the Iranian military or sure. terrorists that might in turn then sure. kill Americans, but we got a deal. The deal... For them not to have not, nuclear weapons. Not a great deal. In the not short the best term. deal. Right. That's my, yeah. my very, 
That, that was your Trump. My, that was a, my subpar yes, Trump. That was a, not a perfect deal, as he would say. Not a perfect deal. <laughs> we got to get Guy Benson in here if you really want a Trump impression. His, his is quite good. good. I don't I don't have the chops for it. But, but, but speaking, not, a, not yeah. a great deal. Nikki Haley was also mentioned, mentioned on The View this week. Oh, and I'm she sure it was a, all glowing and positive. Oh, well, you know, she's a strong woman. Yeah. So they no doubt love her, right? Right. She's a strong, strong minority outspoken woman. minority woman. Oh, my God. All right, let's hear what they had to say. Nikki Haley was an incredibly effective governor of South Carolina. What is her real name, Carolina. Carolina. There, was some, there are some of by. us that can be chameleons and decide not to embrace our ethnicity so that we can pass. Sonny, so I don't think that's don't fair. You go by a different name. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't want to be the one to say because it. But... Most Americans can't pronounce Asuncion because of the undereducation. So that's, that's Alyssa Farrah Griffin saying that Nikki Haley was a good governor of South Carolina, Sonny jumping in and saying, because she calls herself Nikki, she's betraying her, right. her family heritage. That's and, right, because and, that's not her real and her name, Indian and it's re- not Indian. Yeah. Except it's, it is her real name, and it's Indian. So she, Nikki Haley tweets with fire, thanks for your concern, Sonny. It's racist of you to judge my name. Nikki is an Indian name and is on my birth certificate, and I'm proud of that. What's sad is the left's hypocrisy towards conservative minorities. By the way, last I checked, Sunny isn't your birth name. Okay. Nicknames are racist. Did you know that? Guys? Yeah, number one, nicknames are racist. And number two, it's hard to pronounce Asuncion. Yeah. Again, this well, goes see, back. See, she yeah. has a nickname because we're racist. Yeah. Nikki has a nickname because she's racist. Yes. See, it, it just, whichever party you're kind. in is how you know. That's right. That's right. Who, ugh, yeah. Never call me MK, though, because I'm sure that's a problem. Um, it's a problem. Yes. But, you know, and again, not just Sonny, but of course, Whoopi Goldberg. That's not her real name either. Please. Oh, yeah. Uh, she's Karen. Her name's Karen. <laughs> That's right. Her 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 culturally appropriated But it goes back to, you know, name. again, and, and, she, and Nikki Haley brings this up, which is, you know, if you are a minority, but you happen to be a conservative, then you don't count. Yeah. And either... You, and in uh, fact, you get not only do you not count, you get worse treatment. Oh, worse treatment because you have betrayed them That's in right. some way. You have betrayed the other right. side by not being part of that side. So Clarence Thomas gets called an Uncle Tom, for example, or uh, do you remember Michael Steele? Oh yeah, former, who is not like a crazy right winger. No. He is a contributor on MSNBC, and when he was uh, giving a talk or debate in in Merrill in Maryland at the time. In the audience, they were handing out Oreos. Do you remember this? They were oh, handing God. out Oreos because, get that's it, black so on the bad. outside, white on the inside. That's so bad. That's okay. No, that's okay. There's a theme for this show. It's okay. <laughs> it's... it's okay when they do it. Right. That's right. the theme for the show. The what about what about podcast. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Speaking of, it's okay if one side does it. Yeah. It turns out Vic. You know what? Let me just let me just run this past you. Let me run it past you, and you tell me if this qualifies as a national news story. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna anonymize it a little. I'm on the edge of my seat. A North Dakota man oh. who admitted to running over and killing a teenager says he did it because he thought the teen was part of a extremist group that was out to get him, according to court documents. Shannon Joseph Brandt, 41, was charged with one felony count of vehicular manslaughter and one count of leaving the scene of an accident in the death of 18-year-old Kaylor Ellingson on September 18th. He was also charged with driving under the influence after he tested above the legal limit for alcohol, authorities said. Now, I've left the, I've left the party identifications out of this story. Mm-hmm. Do you think that should be a national story in this time when we worry 
so much about political violence. Well, I would say we shouldn't rush to judgment because if, if can you imagine if CNN for oh sorry if there was a, another network perhaps covering the the Covington Catholic case mm-hmm. let's say that or even if you go way back to the Matthew Shepard case which was an awful case and but very complicated and you jump to conclusions and then it turns out you were wrong then you would have to backtrack and it would be really awkward so they would never do that except for they did mm-hmm. and so again if they if they had a track record of saying, well, this wouldn't be the responsible thing until we know all the facts, I might give them the benefit of the doubt. But the truth is, they have a track record and they jump on these stories when it's the other way around. So for example, as you were just suggesting right now, if if the victim in in, in this terrible crime happened to be a minority or or transgendered Mm -hmm. or a openly progressive this would be round-the-clock coverage until they figured out what exactly happened and if it even turns out and it then, wasn't the case. And then we just move on, if it, move wasn't on the case. if it wasn't the case. Well, it turns out in this case that the teenager was an outspoken or at least active Republican or conservative, and the middle-aged man who ran over him with a car is a Democrat, and he has admitted to police, this he is confessed. in court documents, that the reason he did this is because they had a political argument. So this is, he mm-hmm. says it's politically motivated. And that he thought that this kid was in an, a Republican extremist group of some kind. This would be 24-hour coverage. No question. If you flipped the party identifications. Yeah. As it is, you can sort of barely find a national news story that sort of does adjust the facts, which right. I'm fine with, by by the way. Just the facts is fine in this case because we have quite a few facts because he's given we them do. to the police and to the court. You can barely find that in national news several days into this story. The push- and it, for, for some reason, for some reason, Vic, it is not a reflection of bad rhetoric from Democrats or a climate that they are certainly not the president's speech in Philadelphia, you know, or, because if it was the other way around, they would. Yeah, calling, there was no way they would blame Trump for calling like every this. Republican yeah. that in the country a fascist. A, a fascist and an extremist. None of that is part of the national conversation. It's so strange. It's so strange. Yeah, it's strange and depressing. It really is because. Here's the thing, and I, like I said, I always say this. I don't, I, I don't want to get too far down the road of blaming political rhetoric for the violence of individuals because then you hamper the rhetoric itself, right. and that's a speech issue. I do think there is responsible rhetoric versus right. irresponsible, and I try to be responsible, and I think that Biden and Trump both and many actors are not responsible often. But either way, can we please be even-handed in the coverage of these things? And the answer is no. They no, just, they I, just I've weave seen these away. On social media, people doing Google searches of the suspects named Shannon Brandt and on different networks and mainstream media outlets and not coming up with anything. Now, that might change by the time you hear this recording. But the pushback, of course, from the other side is well, you know, this sounds like it just got an, like, it, it was an argument that got out of hand and that's it. And, it, and again, we don't know what this kid said, what he, what his social media posts are, what he stands for. But what we do know is that he did call his mother yeah. panicking because he said this guy is out, was stalking him. He's coming after He's deranged him. and ultimately killed him. That we know. And we also know that even if it's opinions you do not like, killing the person yeah. 
is really something that's deplorable and should be covered, but it's yeah. not being covered, yeah. and they're just going to ignore this. And this is one of those things, too, where, again, he's confessed to the motivations for oh. this. Yeah. So there's there's actual evidence for this. And like you said, this is an unarmed teen up against grown man. I guess, I guess he's 18, so he was an adult, but a teen up against a grown man, drunk man, in a car. Yeah. Like, this is not a... This is not like a, oh, an even altercation where they were like where he had some sort of way of threatening this dude. He's the he's walking. He's on the street. Anyway, it's very sad. This kid is now gone. Adult just just newly minted adult is now gone. And the alleged killer who has confessed to this is out on bail. Sure. Why not? We will see. Maybe next week we'll do a follow-up and see if anyone is mentioned him or is he still being ignored, except but, on getting hammered. By the way, we we, yeah, we saw very little coverage of the the murder out in Las Vegas. Yeah. That that also right. lagged by a month or two. There was a murder in Las Vegas of a journalist, yes. by, allegedly by a politician oh. who was investigating. He was being investigated by the journalist for corruption. And I could tell... That the alleged murderer slash politician was a Democrat in all the coverage of it because the na- the party IDs were not central. And if it had been the other way around it, they would be central no. because the narrative is that Republicans hate the media and that Trump's rhetoric would lead to something like this. Yes. When it's the other way around, it's like, oh, well, I guess we just got a little random violence here. It's not even in the news anymore. So that's another another story. We just get so worked up on this show about the outrage. Where is the outrage, as Bob Dole would say? The political violence double standard is something that has always bothered me. Yeah. And it really hit home when the congressional baseball shooting was about a block and a half from my house. That's right. And an entire half the Republican caucus was attempted murdered for political reasons. Luckily, no one died, although Steve Scalise almost did. Yeah. And we were, like, spared deaths in that situation. Within 48 hours, the news vans were gone mm-hmm. from that baseball field. And people always give the excuse to national media that, like, hey, if something happens in Idaho, you know, they don't have that many people out there. They don't have that many resources out there. I guarantee this you. Was, this was Alexandria, Virginia. Yeah. It was eight miles from the Capitol and where yeah. all these national news headquarters are for the Washington, D.C. area. Mm-hmm. 48 hours or less they yeah. stayed on that story. And people will tell me to this day, to this day, that Gabby Giffords was treated the same as this story was. And I say, no, 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 no. Not only was Gabby Giffords not treated the same, and got much, 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 much more coverage because that is a huge story. It's yeah. a huge story. It was a huge story. Do you remember... When the staffer wrote on her private Facebook page about the Obama daughters and it became a national news story. Refresh our memory. I don't want to give her name because I don't want her to have any more Google hits. Bless her heart for this (laughs) silly Facebook hit that she got canceled for in the hugest way. But she wrote a Facebook post about something the Obama girls were wearing at a ceremony and it went sort of viral. One of her friends or Uh one of her people who followed Mm -hmm. her on Facebook took it and told people and she was a Republican staffer and this was just a terrible, terrible offense. And then news fans were outside. I swear I've checked this like a hundred times because it seems unbelievable. News fans were outside her parents' house 
trying to get her or her parents on camera for a week. To talk about. To talk about her private Facebook post. So don't tell me that political violence against the right coming from the left is treated the same. It is not treated the same. I'm at a lot. I don't even know what to say to that. Although that Facebook post, that Facebook post was literal, <laughs> literal violence. It's, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I don't even remember what it was. It's something about their skirts or something. <sighs> Again, it's okay. When Do it, I think about this a lot? Yes. I think about this a lot. Well, it's like the Bush twins. You remember this? And then remember they had models pretending to be them in one of the fashion magazines oh. wearing like prison stripes and stuff like that. Do you remember the story? Yes. yes yeah. That's okay. Ugh. You know, anyway. Ugh. It is a it's a it's a rule not to mess with the kids. Uh, supposedly, yeah. But, nah. oh, that, but they, not if they're barren. Which is what, not if they're barren. Which is what which is what they say by the way about Hunter Biden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't 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 pick on my child. He's basically Chelsea Clinton, yeah. circa nineteen ninety. Yeah. Yeah. Like guys, yeah. come on. Or when was that? 92. 90, 90, later, 92, later. And Excuse it was me. mean. I know. It was mean. I didn't say me. It was mean. Oh yeah, no, no. I've I've always I've always had like more of a special place in my heart for Chelsea Clinton than I should because it's she an grew. Awkward time. It is a it very is, tough time. Picked, yeah, that is the worst time to be. Like, we went through our awkward up in the phases at the same time, and I was like, "Girl, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You have to mm-hmm. do this in front of everybody." I, I was older, but I was still in my awkward phase. <laughs> I saw a picture of '90s Vic the other day. <laughs> what <laughs> on his on his office wall? Oh yeah, that's right. You did. It's kind of a, a seagulls issue. I don't know what's going. It is. <laughs> I can't remember if I was wearing suspenders. Okay, anyway. All right, on to something a little lighter. Please. After my after my rant, which I could go on every day. But I'm not going to. I'm going to spare you guys. A real estate story, Vic. Oh, this is hot. This is amazing and also, also sort of depressing as well, because we live in the D.C. area. Frank Lloyd Wright House in Wisconsin lists for the first time ever for less than a million dollars. A Frank Lloyd Wright home in Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin, is on the market for the first time listed for $725,000. The six-bedroom, 6.5-bath house sits on the bluff of a ravine overlooking the Root River and Colonial Park about 25 miles south of downtown <sighs> Milwaukee. That, that's what they call a deal, folks. I, I think I told you, and, and a listener, in fact, emailed me to inquire exactly where this happened, but about a, a property nearby in, in Arlington that was a double lot, and they built two homes. I mean, you can Zillow it, I mean, but each one went for 2.2, oh, or around $2 million, okay? Course. And this is a Frank Lloyd house with six bedrooms. Six, I mean, it's not even a small Frank Lloyd Wright no. house. Okay. And it is a beautiful. Okay, just to give you guys some perspective for those of you who live in, like, places with sane real estate prices, 725 here in the past several months would get you... A, a largish townhome. I was maybe most maybe an maybe an end unit. Yeah, if you're lucky. No, I was going to say a condo unit will go for that. That's true in different parts of DC. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I'm thinking more suburban. You could you could probably get yourself yeah an end unit townhome maybe, but maybe not end unit because that's special. No. Or a smaller unit at one of these fancy buildings, and there are now many yes. fancy buildings. Yes. So, God, it's just gorgeous. The pictures are beautiful. It's so. Let speaking me, of mid-century, I want my Murphy bed made by Frank Lloyd Wright. I'd pay seven hundred twenty-five for that. It would be a lot, a lot of sharp <laughs> corners and turns and things. Okay. Oh my gosh. So, do you think the house is sold as is? Oh, I'm sure, right? So, I mean, well, it's old. There's got to be. It's, it's 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 historic, right? It's Frank Lloyd Wright, but for that large of a property, 
I it's bet you it it's requires also perfectly, a lot of work. Maybe so. It's also likely preserved pretty well because who doesn't preserve a Franklin Wright house? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't, was it just lived in, and and the people are moving, or that's. I mean, I so I it do was, have so questions. It was commissioned by Willard and Karen Johnson Keeland, mm-hmm. the daughter of H. F. Johnson Jr., who for decades served as president of Racine-based S. C. Johnson and Son Incorporated. So it's some yeah. corporate guy. I'm just like, why? Why would you list it that low? And also, but I'm not familiar with Mount Pleasant. That mountain, there's Mount Pleasant here yeah. in DC. But it's, it's they, a said, different Mount Pleasant. they said it's 25 miles from Milwaukee, though. That's that's commuting that's, distance. Yeah, yeah. The from great, Milwaukee. I love this. So. The great room is cantilevered over the ravine, a distinctive feature of Wright style. Anything that is cantilevered, cantilevered. should I, cost know, though, more than a million dollars. But I, I, you know, I just saw Lethal Weapon 2 and the house on stilts. I, I get nervous. You're, you're not into I'm, it. I'm, I, mean, I think it was great at the time it was built, but I don't, it could be like the movie The Money Pit. Remember The Money Pit with Tom Hanks and uh, Charlie Long? <laughs> yeah, as soon Beautiful as they on get the there, outside just, and it's just, just a, a falls money apart. Pit. By the way, I am looking at one of the, a picture of a bedroom, and it does look like there's a body in this bed, so perhaps that's some of the markdown. <laughs> what do you mean there's a There's just a lump. <laughs> In this bed. Oh my gosh! I, you're in a, right. In a non-pillow looking place. No, I see that. <laughs> okay. So, hmm. but but if it were me, I would list it as Frank Lloyd Wright House with a murder mystery. Yes, that's who's right. upset yeah. about that. True crime, come on down. I've been, you enthusiast. I've been to Oak Park, Illinois. Right, a friend of mine used to live there. We, me and my my buddies, we walked down one of the main streets in Oak Park. Not to be confused with Oak Brook, which is, you know, the home to McDonald's, by the way. I'd like to go there, too, Ooh. while they're still there. But the in, in Oak Park, there are Frank Lloyd Wright houses, you know, up and down the street. And it's tree-lined, not just tree-lined, Mary Catherine, but canopied, you know, canopied. And we literally saw, we saw a lemonade stand. Oh. It was like Rockwellian. It was crazy. So gorgeous. I, I went by a, there's a Frank Lloyd Wright house near here. Really? The Pope, the Pope Leahy house. It's very small, though. It was built for a family of three or four, and it is it is little. It's like cottage size, maybe bigger than that, but not not generous. But it is so beautiful. <laughs> All of it is so beautiful. Now, I will say, the kitchens would not fly today. Those kitchens no. are teeny mid-century kitchens. Would you say it's the same thing? Looking at this, uh, frankly, right house. Yeah, this one. This one's more generous. Than the kitchen at the one here. It's really interesting. Our, you know, a lot of these homes. There's a home across the street from us. It's a lovely home. It's a big home, but the kitchen. It's like a galley kitchen. Yeah, I'd love to. By the way, I'd love to go back and tell, like a '50s or '60s housewife that in the she, in the future you're you're fine in this kitchen. But what I need for air frying chicken nuggets is a much larger footprint. Okay, with an and island. I need an island uh-huh. because sometimes. I chop carrots for my children once a week, maybe, you know, and I got to have Generous. room to spread out yeah. to do that while she's cooking like full. Well, thanks. Many no, I mean, meals. I know. I mean, I I know people. They've got six range stoves, Vikings, wolf oven, you know, the whole deal. And yeah. uh, we don't have space. I mean, you've seen our, 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 our kitchen's nice, but it's not. You know, it's this is what this is how people used to live. This is, yeah, they can handle from 1939 it. Yeah, exactly. My, will, my parents was a galley kitchen, yeah. and they've recently had it redone, not to change the footprint, but, but to make it more efficient and nice. Yeah, and it did make a huge difference. That thing was tight when. Oh we were yeah, kids. no, it's really it, it's you know people like to hang out generally at a party. They go to the kitchen, but there's just only so much room. I will say this: looking at that, the, the price of the Frank Lloyd Wright house reminded me 
of a house I recently saw in Clifton, Virginia that was for sale. Clifton, which is a beautiful part of Northern Virginia, a very small town. And it's an old, I don't know if you would call it a federal style house, but it was from the early 1900s. Okay. And it was, I said, I can't believe, and it's beautiful painted yellow with the black shutters and the whole deal and a little, you know, yard in the front, beautiful, sold for a reasonable price as is. And you know what's going on That's there. That's the trick there. That's the trick. But the best part was a sign. There's actually like a plaque, like about the former, like who owned us. Oh, this is like a historic house. Maybe like somebody famous lived here, presidents or whatever, you know, somebody from the Civil War. You never know. And the plaque was, this is the very house where the writer, Jeff Arch, wrote Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, there you go. That was it. It's... That's that's the selling point. Oh. Well, you too could write a Tom Hanks, right? By living there, movie. If you lived there, that takes place in I'm, Seattle, but you're living in Clifton. The rare home is currently owned through a trust. This is Architectural Digest. Since both Karen and William, the people who who commissioned it, have passed, and when it listed, right fans across the internet quickly took note. So it it came out of a trust. Uh, Why is it priced so low? It's you know what it is. You know what our listeners will tell us. You get out of the Beltway. That is not low. Well, I know that that's not low. I know, I know that that's a that's a high price tag. Right. But it is, it's beautiful, yeah. and it is a Frank Lloyd Wright house. I, I need to know more about what's going on in Mount Pleasant. So, <laughs> it doesn't look like a bad neighborhood. I gotta say, oh, okay, the all right, fine, all right. <laughs> I think we have time for we have time for one more story. Mm. Okay. Well, the the people are gonna want this one. Yeah. yeah. All right, there's there's a story that's been cooking it's this week, really, oh, so to speak, hey. about NyQuil, NyQuil chicken. Have you heard this? I saw it. I saw the picture. And out of principle, I refused to click it on until <laughs> you made me because we're discussing it. Okay. Well, I'm glad I could bring you there. But you know who brought most people there was the FDA. Ah. So what has <laughs> happened here is a this is a NyQuil chicken moral panic. The FDA decided that because there were some people on TikTok cooking chicken in a bottle of NyQuil, which is gross. And the pictures are even grosser, like chicken breasts just covered in sort of greenish blue, teal chicken breasts. Who doesn't want that? Because people were doing this, the FDA needed to issue a warning that this could be dangerous and that you could consume more NyQuil than is the recommended dosage if you cook your chicken breasts in NyQuil. But people weren't really doing this. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Until now? It was mostly just people (laughs) making fun of the person who was cooking the chicken. And then it sort of went around as it was a bit memefied for a while and floats Mm -hmm. around the internets. But no, not a lot of people are doing this. Zero people have been hospitalized, in case you're interested. Zero people have been allegedly injured by the NyQuil chicken. And here's my question. Wouldn't the alcohol cook off in the NyQuil isn't that how that works? Alcohol, yes, but there are other <laughs> ingredients. The, the dexatromophane yes. doesn't yeah, cook I was off. I say there's. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's in it. There's, there's other things in there that I would be concerned about. Okay, my joke. You want to hear my joke? Yes, I do. You thought turkey made you sleepy. <laughs> Thank you. Well uh, done. Well done. Maybe that's the point. It's just like a little nightcap of chicken. I <laughs> yeah, I don't want a spoon. I just want to eat like a chicken breast and fall asleep. All right. Here, here's my. Issue. One, one. this is like a fake thing that then a, the government is sort of bringing attention to and it's going to become yeah. more of a thing, which is silly. When they And it's a, a good reason to be wary of FDA warnings about certain things because they're always 
exaggerating yes. stuff. And you should always look further to see, did this actually hurt anyone? And the answer is usually no, or the mm. numbers are so minuscule that it's not worth this giant sort of news, so- news story. So there's that. Number two, if I were going to make Michael chicken, it would definitely be breaded. I felt like you should <laughs> fry it in there, not well, just yeah. like st- these are Bake. bare chicken breasts. Bake. Yeah, that's it. It, it looked gross. They're and just going to come like, out. This is just a stunt, but it's not even really a stunt. It's just that it got blown up by the FDA. Were you not reminded at all of the Tide Pod challenge? Because I was. Yes, which I believe also became kind of a. Mm-hmm. It, it's one of these things. They'd sort of become urgent, urban, yeah. le- urgent legend, urban legends. Because do I think that many millennials or Gen Zers ate Tide Pods? No, but will I use that joke forever to make fun of them? Yes, yes, I will. And now the same with Nyquil chicken. Would you try it, Dick? No. Really? No, not, 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 not even, at all. No, not, not even a bite. Having, uh, chicken with medicine? That's messed up. I'm having a little sprinkle of codeine on top. It's just, no, I'm not doing it. Are you saying you would? I mean, I'd try a bite. Sure. Oh. No. <laughs> this originated, by the way, in 2017 on 4chan, which is where I get all my best recipes. I was going to say. Five years ago on 4chan, I would not try NyQuil chicken. However, if there are listeners out there, do try Pepsi chicken, which yes. is a thing. And it's like the American cousin of General So. Nice. Like okay, that? Pepsi. I could, I could be into that even though I'm a Coke devotee. Oh, yeah. Also, you can call it Coke chicken if you also want. Also, people but... do root beer or Coke in, yeah. with barbecue. Yeah. That tastes great. By the way, can I just read one, one more quote from somebody who, by the way, this is like the avatar of making something out of nothing here. So Janet Yang, a professor of communication at the State University of New York at Buffalo, this is in the New York Times story, <laughs> first heard about NyQuil chicken after being contacted by the New York Times on Wednesday. You see the phenomenon here. She said the volume of coverage could inadvertently make people make more people think they should pay attention to the issue and divert attention from more immediate health threats such as COVID-19 and monkeypox. <laughs> see, if you think... This is the problem, Vic. If you th- the public health can't handle NyQuil chicken and monkeypox at the same time. <laughs> it just doesn't have a leg to stand on. That's how I'm oh, going to say Oh, dear. Thank you for keeping us abreast. You're welcome. <laughs> that wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victory Nematis. I am at MK Hammer on Twitter and at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. Thanks for being with us. Be careful with your cough medicine chicken. Just don't just don't add too much. That's that's the key. Just Horrible. keep just keep it to you add the actual dosage into the pan. That's what I'm gonna do. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. <laughs>